Shalom, and welcome to Israel Policy Pod. I'm Evan Gottesman. And I'm Shani Reichman. And today we are joined by Israel Policy Forum's Executive Director, David Halpern. Hi, David. Hi, Evan. Nice to be here. So this episode is going to be a little bit different from some of our previous episodes. We're not going to just go after one specific uh, item from the news. Instead, we're going to take a step back and reflect on Israel Policy Forum's work because we're really at a transition moment for this organization. And there's a lot of exciting uh, items to talk about here. So, David, I, w- I want to start off. We're at a point now uh, very different from where we were uh, when both Shani and I started uh, professionally at Israel Policy Forum, a uh, different U.S. administration, different Israeli prime minister. Uh, how do you look back over the past five years and, and maybe give us a sense of the next few years ahead? Well, I think in the past five years, we've been on a roller coaster. Uh, and here, uh, when I say we, I mean all of us who've been following the Israeli-Palestinian conflict uh, from the end of the Obama administration to uh, the surprise election of Uh, Donald Trump, to the manner in which the Trump administration engaged on this issue in really an unprecedented way, uh, ultimately culminating uh, in uh, his uh, very clearly one-sided plan and complete uh, um, disengagement of any form of relationship with the Palestinians. And then, of course, that that, uh, term uh, of Donald Trump ending with the Abraham Accords, uh, and then bringing us to uh, now Biden, uh, where we have uh, an administration not necessarily eager to jump in on this issue when conditions are clearly not ready for any real negotiation, but looking for a viable path forward. We've really had highs and lows and twists and turns along the way, uh, and throughout. I'm, you know, I'm proud to say Israel Policy Forum has been has been there as a resource throughout, and we've grown in new and, and creative ways and. Uh, it's a huge thanks to 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 folks like you, Evan, and, and Shani, who I know is joining us, and uh, and many others on our team in terms of building our work. Uh, you know, uh, creating uh, with Adam Bassiano, creating IPF Fatid uh, to provide programming for young professionals, to provide educational resources for the wider community. That work has continued to grow and expand, and of course, our work in Washington, uh, and all three of those levels of our work. Um, have really grown through all of this twists and turns of this roller coaster, but we really have a tremendous opportunity uh, to take that work even further in, in this moment that we're in now. David, you've uh, spoken a bit about how the administrations have have changed and what sort of the impacts have been. What issues are we still sort of seeing that are the same? What have we continued to see over the past however many years uh, you've been doing this work? And how do you think things have really shifted over the past five or so years? Uh, what are some of the issues that are the same is, is that it ultimately progress in the Israeli-Palestinian front uh, always comes down to leadership. And certainly over the last five years and even well before, we've been dealing certainly with the same Palestinian leadership and some of the same questions about the future of that Palestinian leadership and what may come uh, the day after Mahmoud Abbas. It's a question we've been asking certainly for the last five years, and we still find ourselves asking that question today. Um, and in that respect, things have not changed. But of course, we're also sitting in a moment where we've seen a pretty dramatic change, which is after 12 years in office, uh, in this latest stint, um, Benjamin Netanyahu is no longer Israel's prime minister. 
Uh, and uh, if, you know, you, you would have told me a couple of years ago that the prime minister is going to be Naftali Bennett, I'd be deeply concerned about the state of our uh, mission at Israel Policy Forum in the state of Israeli politics. And yet we're, we have this rather um, remarkable Israeli government currently in place um, that uh, I know um, Michael Kopla was writing about this week, this paradox of having a right-wing prime minister and yet real opportunity uh, to create conditions on the ground uh, that could improve uh the situation uh, on the ground between Israelis and Palestinians and and hopefully keep the door open to future political negotiations down the road. And so some things uh, stay the same. And in some other ways, there's 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 real opportunity um, for real opportunity for change and, and for new approaches. We're at a place now where we have a different Israeli prime minister and again, a different American president. And for a lot of people, whether rightly or wrongly, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and, and later Donald Trump uh, embodied a lot of what they didn't like uh, in the U.S.-Israel relationship and what was going on wrong in Israeli-Palestinian relations. Uh, do you worry that people uh, now become complacent? Uh, in, in the way that we relate to this issue and to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict now that there's different leadership in Washington and in Jerusalem? Sure. I mean, I think the latest round in Gaza between Israel and Hamas was, um, you know, evidence as if we need more evidence that when the Israeli-Palestinian issue is ignored uh, and when it is relegated to the back pages of the newspaper, so to speak, it finds a way to get uh, to the top of the agenda and, and to that to that front page of the paper, um, and so you know, yes, I think we had even um, you know in the early days of the Biden administration where they weren't yet to engage until we had that Israel Hamas clash, but we saw the same dynamic building in the wake of the Abraham Accords, and a sense that the Palestinian issue ultimately just wasn't that important anymore and could be. Uh, overlooked or or sidestepped in favor of this broader Israel Arab normalization, and while Israel Arab normalization in and of itself is is a positive thing and it's a good thing when states establish relations with one another, it's clear that the Palestinian issue uh, uh, cannot be ignored. And at the same time, we should acknowledge that the Palestinian issue does not have the same centrality uh, that that it once that it once did. Um, but again, I, I mentioned earlier this perpetual sort of uh, state that we've been in for the last several years of wondering what might happen to the future of the Palestinian Authority after Abbas. And while, while that has been the same for quite some time, the only thing that uh, one can predict with confidence about the future of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is that Mahmoud Abbas is not going to live forever. <laughs> uh, and there will be a day after Abbas. And what, how we're uh, uh, shaping or contributing to the atmosphere between Israelis and Palestinians today very well could shape what that atmosphere looks like the day after Mahmoud Abbas. And so I think uh, being complacent in this moment is, is particularly dangerous, um, but it's unfortunately become common. And, and I, I can relate here just to the issue in, of in Gaza in generally. Um, you know, too often, the only times that we're ever talking about Gaza, whether it's in, uh, you know, the American Jewish circles that are concerned about these issues or in Washington, too often we're only talking about Gaza if people are dying, if rockets are being fired. 
um, and we're not paying attention to the very real uh, humanitarian and economic challenges that are present in Gaza, which is uh, in, you know really providing uh, a great deal of um, you know uh, uh, of, 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 of a great deal of the source of um, the atmosphere that enables these sorts of rounds of, of violence. And so um, you know I think complacency is dangerous. It is something that uh, is very real. And at the same time, we have to acknowledge that the Palestinian Israeli Palestinian issue and the Palestinian question is not going to be at the top of the agenda of this current Israeli government. It's certainly not at the top of the agenda of an American administration now dealing with the um, you know lingering and pa- the pandemic that that will not go away, um, among other major global challenges that have far-reaching implications. Um, and so it does come down to Israeli and Palestinian leadership. It will continue to. But I do fear that uh, that complacency from the United States, from the actors in the region themselves, um, you know, uh, it can be dangerous. And um, ultimately, it's not sustainable, that complacency. Because as I mentioned before, uh, again, when you ignore the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, it, it finds a way to get, to, to get attention. How do you see our role in all of that play out? Because... Um as you mentioned, when amidst all the normalization deals, uh, people were kind of excited to get to talk about Israel without having to talk about Palestinians, um, which, you know, was was kind of a little bit more easygoing, let's say. But obviously, you mentioned how impossible that can be and how unsustainable that can be. So what do you think IPF can be doing or is already doing about that, making sure that some of these important topics stay on the table? Well, I think our work, you know, as, as, as you guys know very well, we're, we're, we're operating in, the, in three realms, in Washington, in the Jewish community, and among young professionals. And in all avenues, we're faced with the same question, which is, you know, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here for those of us who uh, support the idea of a secure Jewish democratic Israel, who want to see uh, a future with a viable two-state solution? Um, ultimately come to reality. Um, you know, where do we go from here? What can be done? And we have a number of really major questions that have been p- posed. Um, whether it is the challenge that was um, brought really to a head last year in advance of the Abraham Accord signing around annexation, uh, whether it's these growing questions about the very viability of a two-state solution, uh, whether it's questions about the future of Israel's settlements throughout the West Bank, or the viability of the Palestinian Authority. Um, These are the big questions that I think Israel Policy Forum uh, really seeks to be uh, a credible source of information, a credible source of analysis, uh, commentary, and research to help uh, policymakers, community leaders, young professionals engaging on this issue to help help us all help make sense of it all and what could what should what could be done uh, and in this respect um, you know we've done extensive research already on the dangers posed by uh, by West Bank annexation uh, we've done analysis looking at all of the alternative forms of course Evan here a, a co-author of that study looking at a uh, other uh, alternative solutions or other potential outcomes of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and how they stack up uh, 
uh, against two states to provide real credible analysis on where things could be headed if we go in different avenues. And I think as we look to the future, there are other real questions that we need to be addressing in our toolkit of resources. And that really, uh, as I mentioned before, I think speaks to the issue of the future of settlements, uh, the viability going forward of the Palestinian Authority, uh, questions, as I mentioned, about Gaza. And I know that um, there's been some terrific resources by our, our friends at the Center for New American Security, uh, led by, by Elon Goldenberg and uh, the, our, our, our partners in Israel, the Commanders for Israel Security, looking at the questions of Gaza. Uh, all those kinds of issues, they not only need greater attention in the uh, communities in which we are operating, uh, they need to have um, uh, greater support uh, uh, from the community and in Washington. Um, so that we can shape a U.S. policy that that is actually constructively looking to uh, keep alive the the mission and vision of this organization, viable two states, secure Jewish democratic Israel. Um, that's really what we, we we seek to be is that that credible source of information, that resource for educational content, programming, and um, resources that can help create a stronger uh, message in in support of reaching those goals. So. Pivoting a little bit, we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that Israel Policy Forum organizationally is going through some changes, good changes, growth. Um, how do you see the important issues that you've raised translating into our work going forward and playing into uh, uh, some of the changes that we're uh, going to see in the next couple of months and, and over the next year? Well, number one, I think we want to we are we're strengthening our our ability to to be that resource when it comes to those really difficult policy questions, and so we're really going to double down on creating a network uh, of experts uh, affiliated with Israel Policy Forum and to just expand our team um, that can uh, bring us the kind of expertise and who can effectively communicate to a wide array of audiences. Uh, both the challenges and opportunities on, on all the various issues that we mentioned. So that's that's number one, is, is really um, strengthening that policy team. Number two is in Washington, where we are really excited by the really overwhelming uh, <laughs> desire that we've encountered over the last few months uh, for Israel Policy Forum to provide educational content and programming throughout the American Jewish community. And I think that in that respect, um, you know, Israel Policy Forum as an educational resource for communities that are trying to make sense of it all is something that we're really just scratching the surface in terms of how much we can be providing to the community. And I'm eager to see that uh, aspect of our work really grow. And I know you guys are intimately familiar now with the virtual 360 degree platform that we've created to create some uh, unique illustrations of the situation on the ground in Jerusalem and the wider West Bank. And we're really eager to develop some of those new innovative tools uh, to provide really just broader education about the dynamics of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict uh, for wider audiences. And lastly, of course, is sustaining the the momentum of IPF Um, You know, it's it's been a difficult year and a half now for all of us during this pandemic, and we're navigating um, how to engage our terrific chapter, IPFT chapter communities in this sort of virtual environment and virtual way. But we're still really excited about um, the various leadership opportunities that IPFT has been able to, to host, including the um, Charles Bronfman 
conveners program, which is now, uh, I know, accepting applications for our fourth cohort. And it's just terrific to see that we now have, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into over 100 uh, sort of ambassadors throughout the country of young leaders who are um, really passionate about our mission and, and about, uh, you know, uh, creating a more constructive discourse around these issues in, in their communities. And I think IPFT is poised for, for continued uh, continued um, growth, which is, which is really, really exciting. For those of you interested in the Charles Bronfman Conveners Program that David mentioned, um, you can apply at ipf.li slash summit. And that's a four-day summit in Washington, D.C. and New York with a cohort of 25 other leaders from across North America. And then they partake in our program for an entire year and become part of our conveners community. And David mentioned the new positions that we're hiring for. Um, it's actually funny now that I think about it. I think we're hiring for as many full-time positions now as we had full-time staff in total when I started as an intern at Israel Policy Forum uh, in 2016. Um, and you can find those positions at israelpolicyforum.org forward slash careers. Um, and this also provides a little bit of a bittersweet transition into some news that we have. I don't know. It's so bittersweet. It's not so tragic. Evan, we're not letting you go so so easily. Uh, Evan is <laughs> starting grad school uh, in a month or so, and we are really excited about everything that comes next for you, Evan. We're so excited um, that we're not going to let you go very far. You're going to continue uh, <laughs> working with us in in a, in a different capacity, uh, maybe on the podcast a bit less going forward. I know we're going to continue the terrific series that you've been doing. Uh, with uh, Terrestrial Jerusalem and Danny Seidemann, uh, really focusing in on the areas of Jerusalem. But uh, I refuse to call this a goodbye. But I will say, uh, you know, going back to the days when, when Evan Gottesman was an intern, it's important to note um, that Evan Gottesman, uh, the only thing that I knew about him as an intern is that he was incredibly tall, but he never said a word to me the entire time. And when we went to, to hire our first uh, uh, policy and communication staff when we were a really small organization, Eli Coaz comes to me and says, "We wh- what about Evan? And I said, who's Evan? Because uh, Evan never actually said anything. Uh, <laughs> and, and little did, did I know that the, the very tall, very quiet intern would actually become, uh, in many ways, the voice of Israel Policy Forum, quite literally. Uh, and we sometimes joke in the office about your silky smooth voice that was made for radio, uh, Evan, that's <laughs> really made this podcast uh, just absolutely terrific um, week in and week out. Uh, and not only the podcast, but obviously your contributions, Evan, to um, you know the, the studies that we have been uh, churning out, including your co-authorship of the Viable Options Study, examining the alternatives to a two-state solution, and the upcoming study that were our our sort of next study that I didn't mention before, uh, looking at the uh, impact of the Abraham Accords uh, on the Israeli-Palestinian arena more specifically. Uh, And I'm looking forward to continuing to work with you, Evan, as we roll out that new resource uh, and all of the programming uh, surrounding that. But there will be some changes to the podcast going forward. We're going to bring in some some new hosts. Uh, I think we'll... Uh, we'll have a number of members of our team come in. Um, there are going to be some some new uh, changes. I think they're 
we're, we're, we're going to really continue uh, to provide a high-level content on, on this uh, platform uh, as consistently as possible. But, um, but Evan, we have you to thank for setting a, a high bar for us to continue to, uh, to, to meet week in, uh, week in and week out. And, and, uh, uh, and as I mentioned, we're not, we're not going to let you get too far away. Well, now that I'm thoroughly embarrassed, uh, you know, first of all, let me just say to everyone listening and anyone younger, let that be a lesson. Talk to your employers, even if you're awkward like me. <laughs> I really appreciate everything Israel Policy Forum, Forum has done, really, uh, for taking a chance on me and, and giving me the, these opportunities. And, and somehow now four years, I guess five years since my internship later, I feel like I know less, actually, <laughs> just because of how smart and, and knowledgeable you and Shani and, and everyone else that we work with is, uh, and, and who I'm really fortunate to work with on this issue that I know each of us is very, uh, uh cares a lot about, um, is genuinely invested in. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing also what, what is, what's coming next. I know that there, there's a lot, uh, on the podcast that's going to be really, uh, really interesting, uh, coming up and, uh, you know, everything is in good hands. So, you know, thank you. Uh, thank you, Shani, and, and, and to all our colleagues, the Eli Koaz. Let's give a shout out to Jacob, who's going to be editing this podcast <laughs> um, and going to be taking over some communication stuff. Great, great new communications and marketing director, Jacob Yeoman. So, you know, keep an eye out and, and, and more new team members on the way. We're, we're, we're going to grow and it's all, all good. We're, we're excited, Evan, for your next chapter. Um, but, uh, um, we'll, we'll keep you part of the family and look forward to having you back on this podcast. Um, whenever that school schedule allows. Here's hoping that's all in person too. <laughs> I think we can wrap this one up. And I also just want to thank all of our listeners and supporters, uh, Israel policy forum, regardless of what happens next, uh, whether on, the public health front or on our issue on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I know Israel Policy Forum is going to be there as a constant. Um, and if you want to be part of this exciting growth and you want to learn more about those positions that uh, we were speaking about before, uh, I definitely encourage you to check them out on our website, www.israelpolicyforum.org forward slash careers. And there are, again, a bunch of exciting things coming down the pipeline Thank you to everyone. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. And we will see you all soon.